Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, honey, which can be zoomed in, which can be zoomed out, which can be, you know, different perspectives here and there. But at the end of the day, hopefully something that's mildly sweet. Hi. Hey. So right now we're talking about Jared from Subway, Catching a Monster, episode two. You can find this documentary on Discovery Plus. Yes. It's true. And trigger warning, it's horrible. No, it's bad. I mean, it's not a great documentary in itself. Like, I'm not saying it's, like, made super well. But also the content is truly terrifying. And in this way, it has to deal with child abuse and pedophilia. So well, that's what it's about because that's what this person did when he wasn't fucking losing the LBs eating Sammies. Okay? Yeah. So if that bothers you, then I would encourage you to stop. This episode is not so bad, but definitely when we do episode three that's triggering don't don't go there um so this obviously is made for tv right the way that the commercials happen the style of them doing it uh, but this is part two so if you guys have listened to our part one you'll know where we're beginning from and if you haven't please go back and listen to it so we start off with this gentleman who's like in this random space i don't know if it's a mall i don't know if it's the airport but he's riding an escalator his name is tim, tim evans and all he is is a reporter for the midwest and we don't know what paper maybe we do i don't know i don't remember he walks I, by and it says independent star or something like that like he never says it but you're right it's incredibly vague it's like it could have it looked like a mall from 1994 <laughs> But then again, because it's no name that you're like, or is this a place that smalls from 1994? It's still there. You know, like we don't want to like be privileged that like, you know, we're used to, you know, whatever we're used to. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, we, I don't truly understand what the purpose of this person being in this show is. Cause like we see him here we see him maybe one or two other times and he doesn't provide any information that's like groundbreaking. Uh, but we talk about how Jared was inspirational. He was everywhere. I mean, he was a millionaire at this point. And uh, we get a lot of those scenes of him holding up a pair of jeans, you know, the jeans that he was at his, the height of his weight. We talk about how he created a foundation called uh the jared foundation i believe and it's for education and it, it did events in schools um to talk about healthy eating and exercise and he had this person who was like its executive chief financial office uh oh no what happened mm, sure i thought you were talking to her i was not girl um he was somebody girl and he like ran basically ran the foundation and those who are telling the story says that Russell and Jared were a train wreck waiting, waiting to happen. Um, we then get some information from Russell's uh, daughter, uh, like stepdaughters, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. two, two young ladies become a part of the story and they tell their experience with Russell and Jared from their perspective. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that the documentary didn't do enough details on either of the key players. It's like they gave the surrounding stories of what happened. They kind of delved into Rochelle's life and how it adversely affected her. But really, I need more information about Jared and Russell because they're the ones who have done all this shenanigans and um, this, these horrible, horrible things. I don't want to like lighten it at all. So not shenanigans, like these, these atrocities 
these crimes against human children. Um, and we, we get described that Russell was like a hustler and like he was this like suave, charismatic guy. And they used to travel with each other. They trusted each other and they fed into each other's addictions. They never went into exactly how they fed into each other's exist, uh, addictions. Like we do know that these two people were addicts of some sort, um, but of a certain sort is what I should have said. Addicts of a certain sort, but they never go into like specifically what their, what they did together. Um, and we, <laughs> This man, Russell, meets this woman named Angela, uh, Russell Taylor, and he marries Angela Taylor and she becomes Angela Taylor. Um, and all of a sudden, these two girls, they're they're about 10 and 12 when they meet uh, Russell or when he comes into their family. And the two girls say that he like raised their their living. Uh, they went from being poor Christians to like middle upper class heathens basically uh they talk yeah. about yeah they, they just i mean they talk about how their mother completely flipped a switch you want to get a teasing comb and just like tease it out let me do like, my life let me do my life <laughs> let me do like, me patreon I'm, if you're on uh patreon.com you will let see me that chris is life. like giving us a like <laughs> a hair show <laughs> I was just thinking, can I just like make this a little thicker? And I was like, oh, I have bangs. I'm not using them. And I forgot. So I just was like, oh, remember my bangs? And I kind of like was trying to like zhuzh them in front, you know, but I got to cut them a little bit. I mean, I do a live cutting on on Patreon of my bangs. Yes, but like at the hair salon, right? Mm. You're going to cut them yourself? Mm. Yeah, I have scissors. Okay. I have bangs. So I'm just trimming my own. I'm trimming my bangs I already have. Listen, I don't know about hair. You know, okay. I, you know, I cut it off. I don't know. I'm just asking questions. Okay, so go on with your life. Okay, so um, for those of you guys who are not watching this, there, there's a whole show happening. There's a whole hair show happening. Uh, anyways, so uh, at some point I'm going to want you to talk, so be prepared. So I'm, talking, the, I'm ready to talk. So the girls are just like talking about how their mom just went to encouraging them to party, encouraging them to like drink and do and cavort as youngsters do. And at the time, they didn't quite understand why it was happening. Chris? Yeah, because they didn't know, like, what they were feeling other than radiating joy from having somehow moved up a tax bracket. So, like, they're like, look, like, listen, we literally got a brand new home that was super fucking fancy. We got our own rooms, you know, like, and as kids, you're just kind of, like, reading your parents' behavior of certain things as you like learn about life you know what i'm saying as you like realize what's supposed to be good and what's supposed to be bad and so their mom is happy and so i'm sure it makes their life easier to have you know and the ease can be confusing and also you know in itself a little bit of a drug so um and also he's charming you know like he they describe as, as being charming tan flashy you know like um yeah he we also have... has a love of sorry he has a love of like equ- equipments like technical equipment so he has like the finest speakers but he also is into like video editing you know and early on it was kind of a thing so we had like a little like editing studio where he had a little production studio and one thing that he did is kind of make a film all by him that is 
basically one of the the younger daughters soccer game yeah um so he he creates this like video of highlights of her playing a softball game and they say that it is weird and i'm like you need to come to la girl because everybody has like a little video of their kid playing some kind of game so like when they said that i was like that's not weird in my world well, you know, it's interesting. Like, of course it's not weird if you are like, I'm creating a highlight reel for my daughter. She's trying to like, you know, get soccer scholarships or whatever. The thing they say is that, and you know, we didn't get, we didn't watch a lot of it. I think we saw clips. Maybe was there certain angles or certain things that were somewhat weird? They, they described it as being extra, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yeah. Like, yeah. And like, if he's like, oh, you know, you're a great soccer player. You got to have footage of you doing stuff so that you can sell yourself to, you know, high schools or colleges or I don't know. But I'm, you know, yeah. football reels. Football yeah, it was reels. Is, is crazy. So they like they reiterate again that their mother's parenting style changed and that, you know, they were 15 and 13 having parties at the house. And then we stopped talking about them and we cut to back to Rochelle. Mm-hmm. So Rochelle is now, you know, she's working with the FBI at this point mm-hmm. and she has come to them to give them all of her evidence. Right. And mm-hmm. they tell her like, Hey, you have this evidence about this person, this national hero. Um, mm-hmm. And this national, they're like, you can't, you, you should not have been recording him because recording him was a crime you have yeah. to like let the person know that you're they're being recorded doing something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. so they're it's like listen useful. listen the way that we can ensure that you don't get in trouble for what you just brought to us is that you then work for us so she's going undercover at this point she's having hours and hours of very disturbing fucked up conversations with this individual who is talking to her about his fantasies with nine and 10 years old. And she's having to pull this information out of him and pretend to be into it. And like, I absolutely hate dirty talk. I, I Listen, you could do it to me, but don't ask me to do it back. And I feel like it is, she's in some kind of hellish world where she has to then talk about children, but, not talk about them because she can't formulate the words in her mouth to be able to say these horrible things. And she's daily, every, every time she has a conversation with him, she's dropping off footage to like an FBI agent at the top of a like parking garage, you know, it's all like, they just take the thing and they, and they leave. So then we have a, we have a guy who's part of the FBI, not part of this case, but just like a consultant. And he tells the the, uh, documentary folks that, you know, he was under uh, cover for years in the FBI and that um, for someone to just merely talk about wanting to be with 11 and 12 year olds sexually, is not a crime um, because there are people who are attracted to prepubescent children. It's when you act on it that it becomes a crime. And because of what she was given to the FBI initially, there was no evidence where he's where they could prove that he had actually done the things that he said, which is so interesting. Cause I feel like they tried to like, they tried to like put Snoop Dogg in prison for like rap lyrics in the nineties based on the fact that he said he did these things. And he's like, I didn't actually do it. So it's like some people they go after 
and some people they don't like they're trying to go up, i mean they stopped since then going after rappers like because they did it for tupac they did it to snoop dogg in the 90s and after they they realized that you know people can say whatever they say but if you don't have evidence that they've actually done the thing that they said they've done it didn't happen so she's like just deep undercover and it's hardcore yeah she has to, you know, now she knows she has to say certain things. She has to like, you know, she's been trained, you know, Bob Hammer. We see a lot of him, by the way, he gives a lot of his like uh, confessionals in a car. So you like see him like park somewhere and he's in a, like a mall, like I don't know, mall parking lot at Century City, honey, but they like, you know, got it on a close day. So basically, yes, he's saying horrible things like that. He has ventured into sex tourism, that he goes to Thailand, that he's had experiences there. Uh, with girls and boys of like you know whatever and it's like you know that's it's just disgusting so i don't want to tell you it's just disgusting okay so um she and yeah i just she has to like you know like be like oh oh she's like you know like trying to be sexy on the phone you know like meanwhile i just it's it's all so horrible and i i mean i know that i wouldn't be able to i just don't even i mean what a horrible situation to be in because it's like i don't know if i could have a emotional capacity to do it but at the same time what if i was like one of the like in a weird situation where i could take him down but then again can i be honest if it's i don't like i don't think i'd be so precious in me i feel like if he did this to her i think there was other women that he dated in real life that he had talked about these fantasies with another thing while that you said that i agree with is yes there was like uh, maybe you know i would love was there anyone they could talk to that was like closer to Jared than people that randomly knew him in class? Like not a cousin, not anything who's just like, or I don't know, something like more about that. Or we literally don't know anything about Russell Taylor, like who, you know, anything from his family or like his people he grew up with or, you know, I don't know. It's so interesting. So back to her horrible conversation. So they basically decide uh, he's going to be in town and, and it's going to like be like around her son's birthday. And so she's going to, is a daughter, daughter's birthday? No, how the catalyst of this. So the catalyst oh. of this is because he says to her, can you send me pictures of your children? Oh yeah. And so she wants out. So he asked for pictures of her children and then it was too devastating because at this point she's already like gone through with her kids. She's being secretive. She's being withdrawn because she's had to like go into this world of being this deviant that she isn't in order to get this information, to get this person off the streets. It has taken a great deal of emotional toll on her. Her daughter is acting out. Her son has become withdrawn. It has affected their entire family unit. And he asks her if she would send him pictures of her ch her children and then asked her which one she would prefer to send. And she had to just say, I don't know. Now, the, the documentary doesn't say if she's which child she said. It only gives us a sound bite of her saying, I don't know. But I, after watching the full thing, I feel like she went in deeper than she should have. Um and she paid she paid the toll and in the first episode like i was kind of making fun of like her choices with makeup and like things like that and like the way she looks now but she went that girl that woman went through it and i think it was because she had to play this role and um anyway so he asks her for that she says i don't know she goes back to the fbi she's like fuck this i can't do this shit anymore 
Like we got to get him because I can't, I can't, I've, it's, it's been years. I think it's been like a year at this point. And so she um, tells them that they need to do something. So what they do is they set up this sting operation where they're going to get him to come to Florida specifically to do his due with children at her son's birthday party. And uh, he ends up not coming, y'all. And she is so upset and so disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. she he I mean she he just says some crazy ass things to her um, that I don't want to repeat here. But uh, because of this, because the investigated ended because he didn't come, she became like crazy withdrawn. And then all of a sudden she had paranoia because I think she probably felt like the reason he didn't come is because he was onto her. And so she went and told her friend at the radio station and he thought that she was crazy, that she was definitely had turned schizo and like things were, were out of control. And then, um, whew, she, I mean, it, it was bad. Like when they talk yeah. about what happened to her, she keeps crying throughout the episode where she's like, I'm sorry, she can't go on. And you know, like he, this situation ruined her life because she honestly felt like she was doing the things she was supposed to do. And then when the shit didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen, she just felt like, why did I give up my life? Why did I give up the relationship with my kids? Why aren't you taking this criminal off the streets? Why aren't you doing the thing you're supposed to do? Yeah. And you know, her daughter had like ransacked her stuff and like found a diary that ripped it all up. And whether her daughter like read and got to see like what was in the diary of like what he had done, like, or what the things that he had said, like, it's just it, like she you know, she, she needed to get out. Now this is the part of the documentary where you blink and the next part is the girls are back from Russell Taylor's life. And then being like, we were at school and our mom like got at us and was like, turn on the TV or no, sorry. Like just, no, sorry, not turn, whatever. Like find out uh, what, like Google, whatever it is, find out what's happening with Russell Taylor. Like, and they're like, why, what, what, what do you mean? And they like look up Russell Taylor in Indianapolis, which I can never say, but you know, God bless. I still can't, I also cannot say Minneapolis, but you know, none of the Palaces, they're just too hard. Um, none of the Apolises. No, not for me. Um, so <clears throat> they do. And you know, the breaking stories of course, is that he's been taken down for possession of child porn. And these are still like girls in high school. They're like, uh, or child pornography or whatever. And so they're like, what, what, what? Like that? Like, you know, is it, I mean, like, is it a lot, you know, like what, what is happening? And so they didn't know what it meant. And, um, Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're done with this episode at 19 minutes. In. I'm great. Thank, thank God. I'm <laughs> I've never been happier. I want in and out, honey. And I, and I do want in and out. So I would love a burger and get to get in and out of this episode, you know, um, animal style. And, uh, yeah speaking of animal style you haven't seen next episode so when you watch the next episode think about that you said animal style no (laughs) (laughs) um i don't you know now i don't want to watch it i don't want to watch it now i already didn't want to watch it no you gotta watch it you gotta watch it um you gotta watch it you gotta watch it. Um, it's like it's wild to me that there are laws about bestiality. Oh god! Because folks be beastin'. Yeah, they do, and it's like 
I'm sorry. This is what we I don't need want to be. It. I don't want we to be grateful. Paul Beeston. Okay. We need uh -huh. to be grateful that we don't have this this illness. Oh because yeah. Because there are people who are battling with this on the day to day, and those people who are battling with it who understand that it that it is wrong and it is a crime who refrain from this behavior. All the best to you. And I'm so grateful that I'm not that. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not that. I'm not that. I mean, we all have our own things. You know, I'm a fetish for narcissists, you know. So um, that's my kink, uh, my toxic trait. And it's bad for me. And uh, it's whatever they're them. Fuck them. Um, anyway, so we've come to the end of this glorious second episode of the Jared from D Subway Catching a Monster docu-series and we i'm huffing and puffing the whole way i don't want to i hate this so much it's like a it's a cardio workout from hell okay so um i'll tell you that but i'll tell you if you want more of us and who wouldn't uh you can free on the social medias you're welcome to follow us on instagram we really would love it and just like all the posts please come on say hi in that way or leave comments at docusweeties on instagram at docusweeties on tiktok and at docusweeties one on twitter at the same time you also can like make sure that Wa gets to eat more on you know the mic. Like make yeah. sure that she can order more crunchy foods. How <laughs> how Wa? <laughs> you could do so by following us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash docusweeties. Um, you can watch me eat jalapenos straight out the can. So and we cut my bangs. Yep. Um. So those are thrilling. The things you get to thrilling. Live riveting television those are the things you get to see in here oh see in here okay patreon.com slash docusweeties ten dollars a month two starbucks coffees a day a week a month whatever ten dollars you'll be fine you won't regret it it's quality content coming at you the visuals of what you are hearing in the moment and immediately afterwards like we just finished doing love after lockup and our patreon has received it so Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right, you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Stay tuned.